Hey, it's Ryan. Every episode, I play songs for my big sister. She always hated my favorite music growing up. But now, years later, we listen back to some of the most influential music of my youth. And we check out some of my new favorites too to hear what she thinks. This is Songs for Jenna. What are you doing tonight? Oh, nothing. Just got home from work a little bit ago, threw on the TV, and catching a little Home Alone too. Oh, my God. Tis you know, it's season. one of those that when it's on, you can't turn it. Right, of course. Although I would say that about Home Alone 1. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I don't even but, remember if I've seen Home Alone 2. That's the one where he's in New York. He's in New York. The parents are in Florida and he's in New York. This doesn't even compare to the original Home Alone. And somehow they got the same bad guys, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about Trump because Donald Trump is in that one, too. He is? I See, think I so. Remember. Yeah, I mean, all I know is, like, he makes a cameo. Oh, my gosh. Well, I am in New York also. I'm back in the closet at work with my Mexican yoga rugs hanging up for acoustics. Nice. Hopefully the cleaning <laughs> lady won't be vacuuming outside the door. Yeah, I'm sure Daisy or will make an appearance. she is. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just going to have to invite her in and, like, make her yeah. say hi. Hi, hi. I don't even know if her name's really Daisy. I think it oh is. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're just a little flower. <laughs> That's why we call you Daisy. That can be your cover. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, Jen, let's get into this episode. I know, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. That's how the kids talk these days. Missed y'all. Hope everyone had a nice weekend with their loved ones. We're recording this right after Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah, and in the... Well, so this is an interview episode, and... In the interview, the album that we're talking about comes out late October. So, like, now we're past that. But I think we mentioned October as the release date. Surprise, the album is available in stores now. But you know how sometimes you make fun of me for names of bands that I like? You know, like Nutri-Milk Hotel, you always make fun fun of me. Arcade Fire. (laughs) Yeah, like just... Wolf Parade. The ones that sound like... They're just made up. Like, I'm making up the name. Like, they're not real bands. Yeah, like flipping through a dictionary. There. Done. (laughs) Apple. Victory. Hose. (laughs) Oh, I love Apple Victory Hose. (laughs) (laughs) AVH. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I was telling you about a new band that I like, Car Seat Headdressed. Car Seat Headdressed? Headdressed. It sounds like... Like Carson Daly's Seacrest headrest. They started a band or had a baby. Yes, exactly. It would be that. Car seat headrest. Well, I have another one for you. Car seat headrest. Huh. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was just literally, I went to like a car seat headrest. You're dumbfounded. Yeah, I'm dumbfounded. Like car seat headrest. Yeah. You put your head on it. It's there. (laughs) It's square. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have another one for you. One of these names. Kleenex Girl Wonder. Kleenex Girl Wonder. Chronic congestion. That's instantly what I think of. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Word association. Yeah. So I talked to Graham Smith. He is the main guy in Kleenex Girl Wonder. He has been recording since 1994 when he was in high school, and he's put out a ton of albums. Wow. I first heard about him, I think, in 1999 when his like third-ish album was getting, quote-unquote, a lot of attention, like in the indie world. That album in 99 was called Pony Oak. I remember he was getting a lot of comparisons to Robert Pollard, who's the singer from Guided by Voices, because, you know, he had, like, lo-fi recording aesthetic and, like, pop melodies that are really catchy. 
And both of those guys are really prolific. But first, in the context of our podcast format, I wanted to play one song from the 90s before we dive into the new stuff. You didn't play them before? Kleenex or Wonder? For me? Probably, like, back in the day, but we haven't had them on the podcast yet. No, definitely back in the day, because I, I kind of remember the name. Okay, Kleenex cool. Girl Wonder. How could you forget? Oh, yeah, because I was a big fan back then. Yeah. And still am. And that's why with his new album, which is called The Comedy Album, which just came out, that is what we talked about in the interview. But first, I'm going to play a song... It's on the follow-up from that album, Pony Oak. He came out with an EP called Why I Write Such Good Songs. And I want to play the title track for you right now. Okay.
No one can sing like me No one can play guitar like me No one says the things I say No one else ever feels this way I can't explain myself It would sound much better from someone else You chose me and you were wrong And that's why I write such good songs No one can sing like me No one can play guitar like me No one says the things I say No one else ever feels this way I can't explain myself It would sound much better from someone else You chose me and you were wrong And that's why I write such good songs No one can sing like me No one can play guitar like me No one says the things I say No one else ever feels this way I can't explain myself It's cute! I love the beginning uh, instruments. You like the little guitar riff? The little... Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's cool. And that was the, I think that came out in the year 2000, which was after all of the hype from Pony Oak. Wow. I can't believe he's been doing it for so long. And he's younger than us. Some artists don't even go that long. They're oh, like super popular. Yeah, yeah, I know. Crazy. It's great. So what did you think of like his ego? It is funny. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, of course it's tongue in cheek. I mean, besides making great music, I really like his lyrics. And like that song, they're often like super funny. I was going to say, are they funny and like very talk talky, like very pronounced? You can understand what he's saying. He's not just like singing. It's almost like sing-songy reading. But do you know what I mean? I don't mean that to be, like, bad. I mean, I guess you're just um, commending his enunciation. Yeah. Way to (laughs) enunciate. (laughs) Yeah, he is funny, and so it's fitting that his brand new album is called The Comedy Album, and (laughs) has, like, 20 songs on it. Um, Oh, my word. Yeah, so this whole episode is gonna be about Kleenex Girl Wonder and the new album. Like I mentioned, I talked with Graham about the album, and I want to share the interview with you. When I spoke to him, I told him that you like to drink while we record. Yeah, oh God. (laughs) Oh, he must have been like a loser. (laughs) Actually, he was probably more like, oh, she sounds cool. (laughs) Yeah, he wanted your number. (laughs) Get in line, buddy. Get in line. (laughs) Who's in line? Well, I'm married, but then remember I also liked the guy with the glasses from that band who they were brothers. Oh, you're talking, yes, the Pulsars. I liked him. I'm mm-hmm. sure there were others that I liked along the way. Corduroy something that you said I had a crush on, but I was only looking out for his best interest. Freddie Corduroy? Yeah, that's him. He wow. could be in my life, but not, you know, romantically. You are just like racking up the young men. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Well, I asked him if he had a, a like a fave recipe that you could try. Absolutely. So I would suggest a San Pellegrino Pompelmo, which is their grapefruit soda, and a good mezcal, like a Delma Gay Vita is good, maybe with a, a splash of grenadine in there. That sounds good. It's really good. Mexican fanciness. But it's also sweet and tasty. Yeah, she can critique that too. If she hates it, I want to hear. I, wa- I love that. <laughs> Okay, so what do you think? That do you want to make awesome. that drink? Yeah, it does sound wicked good. Do you have the stuff on hand? Well, it's funny. I wasn't familiar with Mezcal, but Shane brought some over, and there's some here. Oh, awesome. Do you have, like, San Pellegrino? I have grapefruit uh, seltzer. Okay, that'll work. And grenadine, I'm sure you have. You like the sweet stuff. Definitely have the grenadine. Ooh, this might be my new drink. Ooh, the Pompelmo. Thanks, Graham. <laughs> well, um, not yet. I'll have to judge after I yeah. taste it. 
Exactly. So while you whip that up, your cocktail, I'm going to play the interview that I had with him for you. So put your headphones on. And we mentioned like he's prolific. He's written hundreds of songs. And in the interview, I asked him about being so prolific. How many albums have you made? I mean, you've been making music since the mid 90s, right? Yep. Yeah. The official start date is 94, spring of 94. So, you know, over 22 years now. The way that I count it, this is the 13th album. Oh, wow. If you started in 94, you were pretty young. Yep. It was the spring of my freshman year in high school. So I was 14. Oh, okay. Wow. At 14, I was not anywhere near making music. I was nowhere near making good music, but you know, you have to make bad music for a couple of years before you really get into the swing of things. So yeah, true. And I remember, I mean, you're the first album that I heard, I think was Pony Oak. That was like your big album in the late 90s. Yep. Or maybe it was the Bostonians seven inch so that I had before that Graham Smith is the coolest person alive. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I always loved how funny well, I mean, I think it's funny. Maybe maybe you're being serious, but naming albums like Graham Smith is the coolest person alive and also like... Um, oh, it was wh- very not... Yeah, very <laughs> serious, but with a mock sense of seriousness. So oh, yeah, yeah, it's a little convoluted. Like what is funny is the thought that it could be serious. But yeah, no, it's definitely right. humor as as attested by the name of this album, which I think is kind of... Uh, you know, addressing a lot of the themes that I've kind of gone back and forth with over the years. Humor is a huge part of it. Yeah, for sure. And so the new album you call the comedy album. I mean, are you into comedy? Yeah. So the part of the the genesis of that title was I was paying more attention to stand up comedy and like the way that I guess what I would broadly term the comedy industry worked. And I thought about like where my music sort of fit into it. And then a lot of the songs are pretty depressing too. So it was again, kind of a sarcastic title. I think that that's why I was such a natural fit was because that was something that I was thinking about a lot. So what about the song, The Best Shape of My Life? That's the single? Yes. I know you have a video for it. Yeah, there's a video for that. And there's some videos for some other ones that are going to come out too. That one is a lot more kind of directly personal about like, you know, trying to keep up an air of self-confidence and or arrogance in the face of obvious objective facts showing you that you are at a low point in your life. And I certainly was not in the greatest shape when I wrote that song. But I guess on the flip side, it's also about like just finding the humor in being depressed and all of that good stuff, too. I put a picture of my dick on Facebook and then I slipped into a hole Here in two cell story 
I was definitely not suicidal, actually, when I wrote that song. But the line about overdosing on fexofenadine, which is the chemical name for Allegra, I was <laughs> did look at a bottle of Allegra on my shelf and thought, like, oh, it would be funny if I threatened to kill myself by overdosing on Allegra. Like, I have a feeling that probably wouldn't even be possible. Maybe it would. Allegra's the, like... Allergy. Over-the-counter allergy medicine yeah. yeah so you just have like super clear sinuses yeah maybe i'd get a bunch of oxygen and feel super invigorated that sounds good so w- when you're feeling down like that i mean you mentioned comedy is would you turn to comedy at that point i would turn to comedy i mean sort of it's a weird sort of pathway because if i'm feeling down for me the best thing that'll make me feel better is writing and recording good music like that's the one thing that's always reliably cheered me up so in order to do that you have to have something to inspire you to do that or something that you're aiming to express and sometimes all you have is you know whatever bummer thoughts you have and then you take those and put them through some sort of a prism and hope they come out refracted into good rhymes and good melodies And then once you're done with it, it's like, oh, okay, I feel a little better now. So it's intuitive to think like, oh, you have these bad feelings, you get them out, and then you feel better. For me, it's a little bit more of a Rube Goldberg machine. It's like you have these bad feelings, you use those to write songs that you think are good, you complete those songs, and then you feel better on the other side because you've managed to write a good song. Yeah, you like harness it into something positive. Yeah, exactly. And do you usually try to do like upbeat songs when you're feeling down or does it not matter? I mean, I think that I tend to write pop songs, but I think that generally pop songs are upbeat. The number of like truly depressing pop songs that aren't at least also on the surface very cheery is pretty limited. So yeah, you know, like Plight, I guess, is a little bit more of a downbeat song. So with Plight, I tried to write a song that had the same feeling as Stay by Rihanna. Again, I feel very <laughs> that I somewhat succeeded. Give me money and find me funny and blindly unconditionally like my stuff. The drama of the gifted child. 
But yeah, I think in general, I try to write whatever kind of song is going to do the job. And that tends to be kind of upbeat songs. Like Unrequitable is a good example where it's like very bouncy, kind of like, I don't know, almost like a country vibe. Yeah. And the content is pretty depressing, but it's also like, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. to like i definitely write like you know relationship songs breakup songs whatever you want to call them but you can't just do that if you're going to write hundreds of songs you have to figure out like well what is what's the other stuff that i want to think about and comment on or you know give people food for thought about and so yeah you're always kind of trying to expand it however you can right is that why you wrote a song about lena dunham (laughs) i remember just being so excited when I came up with that concept and then I'm really happy with the finished product, but that, that song is kind of a, a whole 
bunch of things. So it was initially inspired by a real encounter that I had. So I guess it started off as being like about the nature of celebrity, like how we perceive celebrity. So I was single at the time and I was at a music festival and I was like, you know, trying to be like an active single person. I started talking to this girl and she looked like Lena Dunham and I was like excited by that. And then the band started playing and I got a concussion and I never saw her again. (laughs) After the fact, I was thinking like, why was that important to me? Like, I don't think that Lena Dunham is an unattractive person, but I don't necessarily think she's attractive. Like the fact that she looked like a celebrity that I knew should not actually be a factor in whether or not I'm attracted to her or want to talk to her or whatever. And then I went and sparked your interest. Yeah, well, I was so yeah, I started thinking about that. And then I went and told the Spanish girls that I was staying with, like, oh, I saw I met this girl. She looked like Lena Dunham. They were like, who's Lena Dunham? I was like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) I couldn't really perceive of somebody not knowing who Lena Dunham was living, you know, living as I do in New York. Everybody like people may not care about her, but it's like pretty hard to be like, who's Lena Dunham? And then I started thinking about like, so what is Lena Dunham doing? Like, why is she, why has she become that omnipresent in the minds of New Yorkers? What what is her art form? And I realized like, oh, I guess kind of a lot of the stuff that she's dealing with is the same kind of stuff that I traffic in. And so then it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, like where are the similarities? And also like, even though I'm not a huge fan of girls, uh, I actually still haven't even read her book, which I guess I should. Yeah, I like the book. Like, I think what she's doing is really important. And the fact that there are a lot of people who have very strong opinions about her, despite the fact that she hasn't really done that much super divisive or controversial, is right. interesting. She looked like Lena Dunham. But suffering 
exhibitionist looks like anyone else Hell, I kinda look like her myself Who Lena Dunham? Oh God, I actually totally do And wait a minute, why am I totally nude like Lena Dunham? I feel like this could be misconstrued I should probably read a few interviews with Lena Dunham about her cultural baggage I mean I'm not a fucking savage To it I watch the nectar dribble down my chest Feeling powerless Wondering God what next Another thousand hours of profound regret Perhaps a breakdown on set Or just a pound of flesh For the dogs or the press just a slog to my death There must be something If I had a mind like an elephant Maybe I could fly like a goddamn pelican Hey, I'm just being playfully irreverent Kinda like the time I went on Letterman On mescaline Into instant messages So I have a voice and an agenda And I'm not afraid to leverage them So I'm bellatristic and ephemerally relevant Everybody knows No one cares which way the wind blows Until it fucks them And in the end the love you steal has no I still am excited by the concept of it because I felt like I kind of crammed a bunch of different high concept ideas into a single song that still kind of just sounds like a Kleenex Girl Wonder song and succeeds. (laughs) So I'd like to tell myself. (laughs) Yeah, and like sonically it goes great like at the end of the album. Um, And it's funny because like there's a line where you talk about how she looks like Lena Dunham and then how you think you look like Lena Dunham. Yeah. With certain hairstyles, I think that I definitely, I think that there's, I mean, I get called ma'am all the time. It's oh my God. Ridiculous. Uh, especially now my hair is really long. Wait, you get and, called ma'am in person. Oh, oh, like, yeah, basically at this point, more or less every day, like anytime that somebody is addressing me, it will be ma'am. Or if I'm with my girlfriend, ladies, or oh, with no. um, ladies, it happens all the time. And like, it's just kind of funny to me. Like, it doesn't bother me. I don't feel like emasculated or anything. It's just always surprising because it's like, what sort of bizarre looking woman do you think I am? <laughs> and, like, do more to like, try to make myself look better. It's always just very surprising. So yeah, I think that that kind of went into it also. And, you know, I have lots of somewhat bizarre theories about androgyny. So yeah, we need some like gender neutral pronouns. Yes. yes. I used to answer phones at an insurance company or no, it was a healthcare company. But like, I would say, hi, this is Ryan. How can I help you? And some people would say, yes, Mrs. Ryan. <laughs> I'd be like, God damn it. But yeah, I think that that was that definitely made me laugh the hardest when I came up with the lyric comparing myself physically to Lena Dunham. And it's still I still think it works. So 
Yeah, it's great. I think I laughed out loud when I heard it. Nice. That's that's the goal. That's the dream. So what what are some of your favorite songs on the album? Or do you love them all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am pretty, generally pretty happy with the way all of them turned out. I guess I would say that Routine Comedy is still one of my favorites because it kind of has a lot of fun acrobatics and the way that I ended up producing it is is nice. Um, I mean, honestly, I really there are three songs that were produced by outside parties uh, on the album, and I like all three of those a lot because you always have like a different relationship to songs that like aren't your own creations right. so i like this a lot so wait um, so ws is one of those right that's by yep. the, with the hood internet yep and yep. then perfect humor produced by max tundra and cold open produced by sasquatch and max tundra and sasquatch are two of my favorite musicians in the world so that makes it you know it's pretty obvious why i would like those i mean i love hood internet too um I think that they did a. I mean, I think they did a really great job taking that song, which was definitely an unusual setup too. It was initially about me, like delivering a eulogy at John Darnielle's imaginary funeral. So kind of taking that weird concept and the like rappy vibe and turning it into, you know, essentially what is pretty close to a rap song. I think. So was this the first time you worked with other producers? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. Maybe, yeah. I mean, what for about, the most. What about After Mathematics? Was that all you? That's all me. With guest stars, or were you like making those like voices? Those are my voices too. Yeah, I guess that was after Pony Oak. I'd never really put it together, but I don't think anybody else appears in any form on that album. So it's all me. Oh, okay. Um, I love Plight too. I think Plight is a really interesting song, especially because it's so spare. And I mean, I think a, my production technique tends towards the overblown so i was yep. happy that i was able to make a song with such sparse arrangements yeah i think i guess those would be my favorites i think magister mind is a really great song that was the last one that i wrote for the record so i'm i'm really happy with the way that one turned out too you left it on the screen and then i wondered what it means so sue me oh you used me like that just another squeaky clean squeaky wheel okay still guzzle that grease like it's rosé oh blow me what do you know about being lonely who do you know that can get cocaine you left me off the chain and when you ask me what has changed i can't explain it's not Different. 
overall, I'm like very, I'm very happy that it, it's difficult, especially for me where I kind of have like locked into a groove at this point to make us an album with 26 songs that doesn't really repeat itself tone wise too much. Um, and I think that it, it, that the comedy album succeeds there. I think there's enough variation that you're never like, Oh, it's just another song that sounds like this again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the music that I like to listen to the most is very kind of, you know, instrumental and kind of depressing, like Venetian snares. But I mean, yeah, I like to listen to a bunch of bouncy pop music, too. I kind of listen to a lot of rap music. I listen to all kinds of stuff and I pick and choose what I try to emulate or aspire to from all of those genres. Yeah. What's your favorite thing right now? Oh, my favorite record right now. So... The new zombie album just arrived at my house. It comes out on Friday. It's super great. Like, he's one of my favorite producers. Like, very simple and repetitive, but the way that he does stuff, I love. You mentioned him in a song on your album. Yeah, that's right. Been listening to Zombie and I'm Awfully Sad. Yeah, 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 totally. And the new Angel Olsen record is really good. I really like Angel Olsen. The Hop Along record was probably my favorite record of last year. Still think Hop Along's great. Yeah, I like them. Have always loved Ween, but Ween was probably the band that encouraged me the most to start recording music at home. So I've always liked them, but I kind of drifted away from them. I've seen them four times, I guess, this year, and they are just so good live. They're so, still playing? Yeah, they actually they reunited at the beginning of this year. They had not played since 2012, I think. So yeah, and they're, oh, they sound so good. They're very much like more in jam band territory. Okay. Uh, which, you know, for any other band, it would be uncomfortable. But since I've been listening to them since I was like 14 and have always liked them, it's like, all right, I don't mind that. As long as I like the songs and uh, enjoy the show, like I'm not embarrassed to have a little bit of that jam band side. It's fun to be part of a cult like that, you know, (laughs) like insane clown posse. (laughs) Absolutely. So went to my first ICP show last fall, too. And that was very interesting. Like the the vibes were very good there. (laughs) Did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, no, I've never been. Yeah. So like one of my favorite writers, he wrote a book about ICP and fish and like the nature of like bands with these like very culty followings and how, you know, it's interesting that bands like that kind of get hated on. Like for fish, it's a little different. For ICP, it's interesting because most of the people who really like them, part of what they really like is the community. Obviously, juggalos are like kind of weird, but like it's certainly way better to be super into that and super friendly to a bunch of like minded people than to just take out your frustrations about your, you know, economic class or, you know, your parents abandoning you or whatever drove you there in less healthy ways. Right. Right. So, yeah. I went, he had an extra ticket to a show of theirs in uh, suburban Chicago, and I happened to be in suburban Chicago that weekend, so I was like, yes, let's go check out this Rob Zombie haunted house at ICP show. Oh, man. Uh, It was very interesting. (laughs) You're from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, where does ICP have, don't they have like a yearly like festival somewhere, like in Pennsylvania? Gathering of the Juggalos, yeah. So the last couple years it's been in Ohio, I believe. This year it was definitely in Ohio. So you didn't go to that yet? Not yet. That's next. Someday though. I intend to go there someday. That'd be fun. I think it would be interesting and I, you know, won't get murdered or whatever. And the music is not that great to me. (laughs) And it's not really great at all. 
it's you know it's more of an anthropological interest exactly it's a study yeah i haven't even been to a renaissance fair well yeah that's a good that would be a good primer yeah absolutely Jeez. anything else you want to talk about videos will be coming out i'm going to annotate the lyrics on genius.com oh cool increasingly as the years go on i reference a lot of weird little stuff that for whatever reason it's important to me that people know what i'm referencing so yeah no i think that's a great idea because i mean a lot of your lyrics are pretty clever and you might not even like get it the first time yeah writing the lyrics is great yeah and you're are you touring i don't know if we'll actually do anything that i will touring but i'm hoping to set up some shows in the larger northeast Uh, And we'll definitely be playing more shows in New York, too. Awesome. Thanks so much for talking with me. Love your album. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Okay, that's the interview. Love it. You liked him? I love that guy. (laughs) I know. He's really funny. Oh, my word. Add him to the list. (laughs) Put him on the list. The list of prospective suitors for you? Put him on the list. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You heard he has a girlfriend. Oh, yeah, no. Hello, I'm taken too. (laughs) But wait, are you liking the drink? Did you make it? Oh, my God. Yes, I love it. Really? Yes, because I recently had a tequila and grapefruit juice and soda water. Okay. This is very similar, but the grenadine just adds that little sweetness, like you said, and it just, the mezcal with a little smokiness, it's really good. Oh, cool. I want to try it. I should have been making one now, but... I never buy mezcal. I have to wait till I'm in Mexico. Oh, there's the ice cubes. Yep, it's rolling (laughs) on the rocks. Mm. Didn't we talk about how I'm called Mrs. Ryan already on the podcast? I love that you said that. And that's the thing. Like, I'm a sucker for a guy with a sense of humor. And he obviously, like, the part of him being called ma'am, I was hysterical. I know. And then just the whole Lena Dunham story. Talking about how he was talking to the Lena Dunham lookalike. And then he's like... And then I got a concussion, and then I never talked to her again, but, like, random throws out in there, like, concussion. Like, as, as one oh, does at a music yeah. festival. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. Jen, did you like some of the songs that I played? I think I played, like, three or four in the episode. Yeah, those were good. One of them is the single called Best Shape of My Life. And yep, yep. Like he says, there's a video out for that now. So check YouTube and I, I'll post it on the social channels on Ooh. our channels. I heard him reference Bell and Sebastian, which didn't we go over that? <laughs> I like Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, he, t- he sings about them in that song. But okay, we have that we haven't. That wasn't podcast worthy yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. <laughs> if you are interested in hearing more from Graham and his band Kleenex Girl Wonder, his website is kgw.me, where you can buy all of the stuff. You can order the vinyl for the new album, which I think it's on blue vinyl. It's pretty cool. So, what about his girlfriend's like? She's probably wicked cool. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, because he seems fun and funny, and like, can he's probably the type of guy that like can talk to anyone. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love your insight. Just, just just from hearing like a 20 minute interview you like know the person well it was so upbeat and interesting he keeps your attention yeah he totally does and like, he's super- you weren't at all like uh when is this over oh that's good <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope our listeners agree. Okay, but they're probably like, back to the interview, shut these people up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fast forward to the songs. Yeah. Or fast oh, forward God. through the songs, depending on which kind of listener you are. Right, that's true. Oh, God. Comment and tell us what kind of listener you are. <laughs> Jen, our last podcast episode has over a thousand downloads. That is awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, tell your friends and subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a rating if you like the podcast. Five star only. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Check us out on our website, songsforjenna.com. Look for us on Twitter and Facebook at Songs for Jenna. Yep. Okay, Jen. I'm going to go finish my drink and watch the rest of my Home Alone, too. Oh, God. (laughs) Kevin. Kevin! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye, Jones.